0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to you guys. Welcome to everyone, actually. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. All right, you guys ready? We are <laughs> from Na- friends from Nashville. Uh, All right, we're getting uh, John 15. Let's just jump right into it because I don't have a lot of time and I got a lot to say. Um, John 15, we're going to go 1 through 5. Um, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. And my Father is the vine grower. All right, which one do we have? He removes every branch in me that bears fruit. And I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to start g- throwing Greek at you already. Uh, we're jumping right in today. So most translations will have that. He um, removes or cuts off branches um, that, don't br- that bears no fruit right off the bat. I'm going to offer you an alternative um, a translation of that that is biblically um, valid. Uh, most, th- when you would see that word Ira up at the top, I'm probably mispronouncing that, um, most of the time when a translator will see that word, he'll use the word to raise, to lift up. Um, but for some reason, they, a lot of them use to take away or cut off there. So just to give you a, 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 another idea of what that might mean is if you're looking at a vine dresser walking amongst the trellises of vines and grapes, and he sees one that's kind of down that's not growing the the image could be him lifting that up and putting it in the right position to bear fruit okay so both of them are valid I'm just going to offer that throw that out there because sometimes I think we get caught up in that translation and it puts us on the wrong road to what Jesus is trying to tell us here all right back to John 15 every branch that bears fruit he prunes and makes it more fruit So so it'll bear more fruit. And so pruning just means like if already there's a great group of grapes growing here, and then that branch starts to have these little things coming out the side that are going to take life away from the fruit, he'll take those off. He's removing those distractions, anything that might take life away from what it's meant for, he'll take away. Okay? You have already been cleansed by the word I have spoken to you. So keep in mind, this is part of his farewell discourse to his disciples. It's the last time they're all in a room together before he is uh, crucified and resurrected, right? And so in John 13, right before this couple chapters, he's washed their feet. And now he's telling them, you're already clean because of the word I've given you, which is a wonderful thing to hear if you're one of these disciples wondering how you're doing. And this next phrase, I mean, this is... Thousands of sermons could be preached about this next phrase. I think it's one of the most incredible things in all of Scripture. It's a command, but a wonderful promise as well. He says, abide in me as I abide in you. Now, Hearing that from knowing Jesus, the man walking around with him these years with him is one thing. But looking at it from this other perspective of in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there when God spoke the universe into existence with seemingly little effort. That's the one we're talking about. And he's saying, abide in me. It's an invitation, and it's also a command, but it's a wonderful command. As I abide in you. So the implication is he's already abiding. He's already wanting to be in us and abide in us. And that's kind of astounding when you just take a step back and think of who is talking to us. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches, one organism. Those who abide in me and I in them will bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. Today we're going to stop there. This is the word of the Lord. Um, um, we're going to stop here because I think what happens when we read this passage There's a lot of us get tangled up in the vines. That was a pun if you didn't miss it. We tangled up. A- after this, there's a lot of talk about some of them being thrown away into the fire and cut off and that kind. And that, I think that hijacks the beautiful thing that Jesus is offering us here. There's a wonderful invitation here and actually a command, but a command that I, we want desperately. He is giving us this unbelievable removal of pressure to produce. And this gets hijacked when we start reading other things and we think it means things that it doesn't a lot of times. We think that this passage is telling us to go produce fruit. And if you don't go produce fruit, you're going to get cut off and thrown into a fire. What he's telling us is, no, abide in me. This is what it's about. He's not telling, this is taking pressure away from you. And we're going to see more and more of that as we do all we have to do is show up. So, okay, we're just going to take our camera phone and put on the portrait mode so everything around it gets blurry. And just the one thing that we're talking about here is what Jesus is telling us, what he's offering us. So one thing that's helpful for me in understanding some of what Jesus is talking here with the vine and the branches is when I started researching how do you graft uh, um, a branch into a tree or into a vine. And so we're going to look at a little of that today. Um, Let's say this is what is the, the tree I want to, I couldn't find a vine, so I'm, I use this. Um, and so let's say this is what they call the rootstock when we're talking about things like this. This would be the rootstock because it's connected to the root. So all of the life and the nutrients and the water that's coming from the roots are all coming out of this. And if things are going well, if there's an abundance of life coming up into this, then it will produce branches. Branches are as a result of uh, abundant life. And then if those branches have too much life in them, then they'll produce fruit. That's what this is all about. Uh, this fruit comes, as just a, there's too much life to be contained in this thing, right? So this is the rootstock, right? So if I want to graft a branch into here, I'm going to take the rootstock, where all everything is, and then I'm going to take this. This is called a scion branch, S-C-I-O-N okay and what i'm going to need to do is i'm going to need to get a knife out and i need to whittle this down sorry curtis you're gonna have to clean this up I'll, I'll help you later on so what we're doing is we're removing the bark this protective material that protects it in most of its life from um you know animals or whatever and it's what it do, it's doing it's revealing the tender Part of it that can receive what it needs to receive from the other side. okay? So we take that protective layer off of it and go down into like a sharper point. I'm making a mess. Um, let's do this faster. Wish I had Russell up here to help me. He could do this a lot faster than I do it. Um, so okay, we've taken off the protective covering. And we've we put the vulnerable part of the wood, that vulnerable softer part, and then we're gonna take we're gonna we're gonna try to do it in here, right? So I'm gonna try not to cut myself. And we're gonna cut the rootstock. So the rootstock needs to be split, guys. That went so much better than I thought it was going to. So thank the Lord. <laughs> So what we do is we take this soft, vulnerable part of the scion, and we put it right in to the rootstock. And if you're following this metaphor in your mind, you know how many times did you, does Paul say throughout the Scriptures, "In Christ, in Christ, you're in Him." It's like sixty-some times. He never stops saying it. So look, we have it. We took out the protective layer. We became vulnerable. We put it in the rootstock. And so here they are, the rootstock. And, and there's a thing that they make, which is a really good thing. If you're like most of us, we might fall out of there pretty quickly. If, uh, you know, right now, if we just leave it that way, you know, an animal's going to come by, a wind's going to blow, a hailstorm, it'll fall out of there, right? So there's this wonderful thing called bonding tape. It's a, it's a nice word, isn't it, for what we're talking about? Bonding tape, some people call it grafting tape. Um, and so what we do with this. I got rid of the scissors, so now I'm making a big old mess. Okay, hold on. Never thought I'd need a knife twice in a sermon, right? Um, so you take this bonding tape, and you put it around there. And the purpose of this bonding tape, as you can guess, is to keep, that, keep it there. To keep it abiding, Right? Sometimes we need help to keep us abiding and as long as that bonding tape's there. And the beauty of this bonding tape is a funny thing is it, will, um, it, it can expand with this when it grows. It can contract with this. And eventually it'll disappear because it won't be needed anymore. And as long as it keeps abiding in there, then eventually this will become one organism. And that b- it, when it disappears, you'll just see one. And you'll see where it, was, where it was joined, but it'll be one organism and fruit will come out of that. Does that all make sense to everybody? may have any questions yet? Um, all right so that's the bonding tape okay keep all of this in mind as we explore um, in the Old Testament if you're a, a Jewish person listening to Jesus at the time and he mentions the word vine your instant reaction is that's Israel Throughout, you see it in Jeremiah you see it in Isaiah where when, when the vine is mentioned it's God planting this vine which is Israel and stepping back to kind of see if fruit comes. And usually it doesn't end super well, but Jesus flips this immediately. He's like, "No, I'm the true vine." He uses the word true probably to d- differentiate from that. So everyone knows, "I am the true vine." All right? So this metaphor changes from the way they saw him in the Old Testament just wait standing back and waiting for them to produce something the way they saw it. Jesus flips that and says, "No, I'm the vine the life is coming through me, I'm going to guarantee this fruit. Guarantee it. And you have a little, little part to play in it, and it's just abide, just show up, be there, and stay. (laughs) You know, if you ever want to feel humble, just picture God saying, you, stay, sit, stay. (laughs) And that's really all he's asking us to do, and that's the good news that takes the pressure off of us when he's doing this. Um, I've been reading an author named Ruth Burroughs lately that I'm enjoying, and she comes back to this point a lot that God created us so that he can give himself to us. Just let that sink for a second. God created us so that he can give himself to us. You know, when I first read that, I was taken aback by it, um, but then I started to think about it. I mean, if you take the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it's a story of a God who creates these creatures and he's just trying again and again to give himself to us. And we keep saying no. Um, We kind of live a ridiculous life of how often we say no to him trying to give himself to us. But it really checks out through Scripture. God created me so that he could give himself to me. We live an amazing life um, just with that statement alone. So what prayer actually becomes, I mean, there's two types of prayer, obviously. There's intercessory prayer when we're asking God for things. We're praying for someone. We're praying for healing. Those are intercessory prayers. But then there's relational prayer. This is the one we see Jesus doing a lot and talking about. So what if relational prayer is simply letting God love us? Why don't we just take a lot of the things that we put on that off. You know, if I come before you, what if I just sit and I let you love me? Um, when I'm in spiritual direction, this is one of my favorite things to give people. Um, why don't you go home and for the first five minutes of your prayer time, I want you to sit there and I want you to say, I'm just going to let you love me. And I'm going to try not to get in the way. It seems silly, but it, it's transforming. And that's what Jesus is talking about right here. Letting us, him love us. A prayer, we, we've got it on our minds that it's something that we do, that we're, we show up in prayer and somehow God's waiting for us to entertain him. To say the right things or to feel the right things or to have the right humble stance. That's not what prayer is something that God does and that we show up for. Again, it's taking the pressure off of us all the time. He wants to give Himself to us in the form of love. That's how it comes. And that's what the fruit will look like as well. And we'll get to that in a second. Okay, Jesus Himself is the vine, the Holy Spirit is coming up through him and entering into us. And all we have to do is say yes to it. And not only that, but the Father is the vine dresser, And he's watching. He's on the outside of this whole thing. There's something happening on the inside. Jesus is that life right there. And then the Father's on the outside going around and just picking out little things that might distract us from receiving his love and more of it and becoming more like him and this fruit coming out. He's doing everything. The Trinity's all there doing all of it. And what do we have to do? Show up. (laughs) Just sit there and take it, right, and receive it. What a wonderful thing. We just stay put, put, place our minds and our thoughts and our affections on him and wait. We show up, we strip down just like that. And what does that look like? What does stripping down look like when we reveal our vulnerable parts? Um, It's taking away not going to God thinking, trying to act more spiritual than I am. It could look something like, God, here I am. I think I might be depressed. That could look like that, tearing away this, the, of the outer bark. Or, God, I'm so happy I could cry, but everyone around me is so sad, I can't say it to anybody but you. <laughs> Sometimes that's our reality, right? Um, God, where were you when I was abused as a child? It's being real who we are. I'm afraid I'm a fraud. These are things that That we can come to him and say, look, if we want the tender parts of me against the tender parts of you, then this is it. This is who I really am. You know, when we have a baby these days, uh, one of the things that doctors love to do is as soon as the baby comes out, just as soon as they possibly can, is they try to put the baby on the mother's chest. They call it skin on skin. They do it with the father as well later on. I remember the first time Bo was on me like that. And there's this amazing attachment, bonding that happens in that that's a similar thing to what's here we want to be as vulnerable as we can when we put ourselves against him so that his life enters into us abide in me as I abide in you okay the beauty of abiding is anyone can do it you don't have to be anybody special you don't have to have any special skills you don't have to be famous you don't have to have any charisma (laughs) Um, there's really not even much effort to it it's just showing up and sitting there and try to stay facing him that's a light burden, right? I mean, sometimes we read John 15, we think, oh gosh, I got to produce some fruit or he's going to throw me in the fire. No, Jesus is giving us something very, very different than that. He's saying, I'm the vine, the Father's the dresser, the Holy Spirit's coming up in you. Just sit there, <laughs> just be there, just stay. Just to give you a context to where this is, like this whole conversation started off you know, Jesus told those two guys, hey, follow this donkey, and you're going to find this room, and there's just going to be this guy that set up this room for us for the, to celebrate the Passover. We went up in the room. Jesus got there. He strips down. He puts a cloth around him, and he goes around and washes the feet of everyone in the room. What a start to a meeting. Um, then he tells them about, and that's in John 13. In John 14, he says, I'm, I'm, let's talk about this thing. There's going to be this thing coming called the Holy Spirit. It's very important. You, you don't really quite understand that right yet. But then he goes into, I am the vine and you are the branches. That's where this is placed. Then after that, he said, let's talk more about this Holy Spirit thing that's going to happen. This is really going to help you with this. <laughs> and then in John 17, you know, he goes and he has this priestly prayer of that they may be one as we are one. That the love that you have for me would be in them and I would be in them. This prayer for unity. This is the vine and the branches that he's praying for. And so he, I think he realizes he's, he's setting them up that the Holy Spirit's going to be a big part of what's going on here. And so 53 days later or so, um, Pentecost happens. You know, and then they get to watch this life of God enter into a bunch of people in an upper room, and fruit immediately starts to happen. It's God himself. It's the sap of God's love entering into people and watching what happens. Our only job is to receive it, to remain open, to keep our deepest heart exposed so we can receive more of it there and face him as much as possibly as you can so that he can enter more and more um you ever been around a a group that says says the prayer more lord a lot um i used to be a part of a couple churches and it was a common prayer that says more lord um when i first got into him i was like that's an interesting prayer i've never heard that before um but when i'm thinking about it during this sermon i'm like that's exactly it i mean we, we show up and we say there's this there's this assumption already that his life is flowing And if we're in there, if we're abiding, it's coming, whether we feel it or not, whether we see it or not, smell it, taste it or anything like that, it's coming. And so one thing I can throw on top of it is more of that. (laughs) I like that prayer because it assumes that something's already happening, right? So to participate in this, we show up, we let him fill us with himself. So what's the problem here? Why doesn't this happen more often in my life? And if I am satan right now in 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 to try to stop this from happening because this is an amazing amazing thing that could happen this is a transforming thing if uh, an entire group of people give themselves to it right and so i think the enemy is like okay in our culture it usually doesn't have to be some giant thing in our culture usually distraction and busyness are enough to keep us from doing this um this is, this wonderful way of how quickly we can believe that the things that we're doing are more important than abiding and receiving the divine life of the creator of everything. Um, it sounds funny when we say it that way, but we get convinced of this all the time. And so we don't it doesn't take us long until it's been like, oh, gosh, it's been a week since I've sat with the Lord or it's been, you know, a month and we can we can dry out and we can fall off that's kind of how that happens and when i'm when i'm talking to somebody who's not quite a, who's unsatisfied with the intimacy that they have with the lord i'll start asking them questions and they'll tell me you know it's the most important thing in my life is this intimacy with the lord and then i'll ask them well tell me a little bit about some of the habits you formed and some of the routines that you have and then sometimes i'll get this answer of you know I don't want to follow a formula or a schedule or something like that. I want it to be more spontaneous. That's the kind of relationship I want to have with the Lord. And I mean, honestly, who doesn't want that to like twice a day, the Lord just totally calling me out and saying, hey, come be with me. And I feel it and I come into his presence. But usually it doesn't work that way all the time. Um, there's a, there's the, the effort that we have is kind of showing up and making a schedule and saying this is what I'm going to do. Um, so abiding is a decision that we, it gets made every day right so when in our metaphor i mean if i shake this really well what's gonna what's gonna hold this on tape that bonding tape if i shake this it's gonna come out if i don't if that bonding tape isn't there okay pretend that was worked well okay <laughs> but the bonding tape is helpful in this scenario and what i want to say about th- th- what the tape represents to me in this is practices that we do, like uh, creating a schedule. And this is when I com- come to be with the Lord. And there's nothing magical about the things that we do. I mean, it, there's a whole, you see that wall back there? If you haven't seen that, go check it out after the service. It's just a whole list, a sheet on each of, a bunch of different spiritual practices that people do. Um, and I can tell you right now, those are good things, but none of them, like, They don't bear fruit in themselves the tape doesn't transfer life the tape doesn't help us be the tape um, doesn't bear any fruit of itself Um, what the tape does it helps us abide because we walk away too easily so when we're talking about the, the bonding tape the thing that helps us stay in and receive this life some of us don't need this but most of us need a little help we need a schedule that we're going to show up for to continue to do that. We need some, some kind of practices just to keep us there for a little while. Does that make sense? Right? Um, so I'm going to share some of my shame with you. Um, I'm a guy who's okay at um, making a schedule in the morning and getting up and spending time with the Lord. But throughout the day, I'm really bad at, like, thinking about him and, and putting my mind on him. I, I'll go the whole day and I'll think sometimes, gosh, I, We didn't connect much today, so I'm going to, this is the equivalent of a 17-year-old kid, like, bragging about his training wheels to you on his bike, um, because this is an accommodation for something I'm not very good at, but this is just a desperate person trying everything that he can to uh, connect with the Lord throughout the day, so here's some of my tape, all right, these two things, those are called choke keys. they have knots in them, and Uh, This one hangs from my rearview mirror. My wife got it for me. Um, And I will say these certain prayers and say certain things to the Lord at stoplights. Just for a time, because in my mind I'm like, if your life is available to me and all I have to do is abide, then I'm going to take 40 seconds if I need it. Um, And I'm going to grab that. And this is another one that I'll use sometimes to say the Jesus prayer. I used this actually when I was a monk. Um, I've actually told you some stories about this in other um, sermons. Here's different types of prayer beads. And I'll just use these. I'll have them in my hands from time to time when otherwise I might not be um, putting my mind on the Lord. But these just kind of help me a little bit. And honestly, sometimes they help me, sometimes they don't. But at the end of a year, if I've spent three more hours (laughs) receiving the divine life of God, I'll take it. These are a couple little crosses I have. I'll put them in my pocket. So every once in a while, if I feel it or if I put my hand in my pocket and I feel it, then I'll just take just a moment just to focus my mind on him for a second and say, Lord, here I am trying to abide. I'm receiving. This is a, we have a prayer labyrinth that you can walk up there. This is something that sometimes I'll just put on my lap and just run my fingers through it while I'm trying to think of the Lord, while I'm saying things to him. If I have a scripture running through my head, whatever that, those things are. This one, I just got this weekend on a retreat. It's a thing I can just put on my finger and just move it around. And just, again, I can tell the Lord I love him. Or This one, I, because I was uh, preparing for this sermon, um, this one I'm trying to make. This is my receiving you, my abiding one. So this is the one I'm going to use and say, Lord, I'm just going to sit here, and I'm going to try to look at you, and I'm going to try to receive the life that I know is coming towards me. So these are accommodations for a guy who's really bad at this but really wants to try to get better. Um, You combine some of these things with a schedule, and suddenly you're wrapped in this tape. And I, it's easier to abide that way. If I'm going to just have it on a schedule, I'm going to do these things, and then I'm just going to try my best throughout the day. We're wrapped in that wonderful bonding tape where, I'm, and where I say, God, I'm trying everything I can to abide, and I believe that your life is coming towards me all the time. If it helps to think of this metaphor when you wake up in the morning, um, just get up and say this prayer. Lord, I want to place myself into you. In faith, just like that branch going in there, and let you love me this morning to receive all the life that you have for me and do my best not to put anything in between us. I want to open myself to you and receive you as much as I can. And if there's anybody out there that's hearing this, and it just doesn't make any sense, and you're not, you're not connecting with it, but you're interested could you email me <laughs> at charlie at This is my favorite conversation in the world to have. Is Let's try these, some of this stuff. Let's set up a, some kind of schedule. Let's do something together. Let's, let's have this conversation to get us on this journey. Something very amazing is being offered to us. And our command from Jesus in an invitation is abide. Just stay put. And I will do the rest. I promise We don't have to worry about what the fruit is going to happen is it's interesting because how do I know that I'm doing this? How do I know that I'm abiding in the vine? John, who wrote this gospel, also wrote 1 John. And funny enough, with the lectionary today, the second um, passage of the lectionary, I'm not going to start a whole new sermon. Just don't worry about that. um, (laughs) It talks about how we know. So how do I know if I'm in the vine? In 1 John 4.13. Just right out, the, right out of the gate. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us. Because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as the savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God. And they abide in God. So we have known and believe that the love that God. Okay. So we have known and believe the love that God has for us. We just sit and we believe that there's love coming towards us, right? And here's how he wraps wraps it up for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God. And God abides in them. There's how you know. He sets it all up for us in John 15. He wraps it up for us. If you're wondering if this is working or not, do you look more loving (laughs) to the people around you? Do you love God and those people around you more? That's your proof that this is working. That's the fruit that he's worried about at the beginning. It's not, it's not all the things that we think it is sometimes. Love is coming towards you. Love is filling that branch. Love is going to produce that fruit, and that's what it looks like. It always looks like love. And those who abide in love abide in God. That's good news, right? Yeah. So I I'm, I've made something for you. I didn't make it for you. I, I cut it for you. But... Uh, There's bonding tape. I'm going to put that right here. So when you come up for um, communion, won't you just grab one of those? You can use it as a bookmark. I thought it was sticky tape that you could put around your finger or something, but it's not sticky, so that won't work. So any, any place you'd like to put that that might remind you, hey, this could be helpful to abide. And as you leave today, know what's available to you at any second, any moment of any day is love coming towards me. And if I just put my face towards it, and say, God, I will receive that. Even for a second, it means something. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the vine. You are all life to us. Holy Spirit, you are continually moving into us if we will let you. And Father, you are taking care of everything that's, that has to do with this. You're taking away the distractions for us. And Lord, we ask you and we say yes to you. And Lord, we ask that you would help us to say yes more and more throughout our days and in our time with you. Lord, that we would let you love us and let that love transform us. We pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen.